You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Place of what? We refuge. Y'all ready for the word this morning? All right. Let's notice Psalm 78. Let's notice Psalm 78. Let's notice Psalm 78. Mm, hallelujah. I was just led to deal with that this morning. Because sometimes it's good to put it out there. Psalm 78. Uh, y'all got your Bibles? All right, if you got your Bibles, hold your Bibles up. Let me see them. See, that's another thing about us. We want folk to bring their Bibles to church. Hold up your Bible. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you're here visiting and you're using your phone, again, we appreciate you being here. And if you are, hopefully, if you come back and see us again, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. We are not against technology. But we, pastor asked us to have our Bibles when he ministered. I ask all ministers to have your Bibles when you minister. There's a time that I allow you to minister during Bible study. Don't minister from no cell phone or no iPad. Minister from the Bible. You may have one of them with you, but have a Bible. Deacons receiving offerings and so forth. We do it from, from the Bible. And it's good for everybody to have a Bible. Because one thing it guarantees me that when I'm teaching you, and of course you can let your mind wonder if that's what you're going to do, but like I'm going to teach this morning, you have to stay focused. And one thing I know is that if you got that Bible in front of you, you're not going to receive a text message. You're not going to get a notification from social media. It just ain't going to happen. But with your phone, your phone contains a Bible but it's not a Bible. So we ask that we uh, stay old-fashioned in that, in uh, reading our Bible. And I say the same at your house. When it comes time for you to read and study the Word of God, don't do that on a phone or something that, you know, may interrupt. Do it from the Bible. And it's good to do what the old folk used to say, put pen to paper. Let me know what I'm talking about. And take you some notes when, when you're writing. Don't leave everything up to tech knowledge amen some things are are not making people smarter you know and uh that's just the truth it may hurt you if you're a techie person but a lot that's being given to people is not making people smart it's making people lazy you know some of us now we got things that turn on our lights they turn on the uh you know i remember back in the day when you had to turn the television Literally, the channels. I remember that. And, and when that messed up, how many had the monkey grips? You just grip them in tight, and folk come over, and they just stuck in the TV. And you, that's how you turn. How many, how many remember that? I remember that. How many remember the antennas? Aluminum foil all over the antenna. And they bent every which way for, for better reception. Now, I'm going to go way back. How many remember sending somebody on the roof? No, turn it low. Turn it loud. <laughs> Psalm 78. So, 
in that sense, we love technology for something, but don't let technology make you lazy. You know, I was looking at something the other day. They were saying that you can take this thing, and they were trying to do away with crunches and sit-ups and walking, and they were showing this thing. You just wrap it around you, and uh, while you watch TV, it just supposed to do your, supposed to do your abs and all that. And I'm saying to myself, uh, <laughs> it don't take all the work out, take all the pain out of it. But I mean, no, sometimes that that old saying is true: no pain, no gain. Amen. All right, let me get started. Let me get started. Let me get started. Psalm 78, because I don't plan on being before as long with this message. Amen. Psalm 78, but it's a rainbow for somebody. Psalm 78, verse number 9. We're going to read Psalm 78, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, and I'll give you our subject this morning. Again, let us consider Psalm 78. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 78, verse 9. The children of Ephraim. Being armed and carrying bows, turn back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Notice we're talking about the children of Ephraim, Joseph's second son. Through him we get the tribe of Ephraim. But notice the Bible recalls a sad day for God's people. This is a sad day for God's people. Because notice in verse number 9, that the children of Ephraim were equipped for battle. Notice they were equipped for battle. They had everything they needed to get the victory. Come on, somebody. They had everything they needed to get the job done on the battlefield. But the Bible is clear that the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows, they did something God's people should never do. In the midst of a battle, they turned back. They refused to fight. They refused to move forward. And this is a sad day for God's people. Anytime we turn our backs on our enemies and we forget the God of our salvation, that's a sad day. Anytime God's people would rather give up than to keep believing him, that's a sad day. Anytime God's people we are willing to start something, I'm already teaching, but we don't have the belief that God can help us finish what we started, that's a sad day in the church. And sadly, you have a lot of saints 
instead of them fighting to get the victory when things get challenging. Who am I talking to? When things get tough, many of us turn back. We give up. We quit. We throw in the towel. That's a boxing analogy. Based upon all that I have said, I want to minister to us from the subject. Don't turn back. I want to minister from the subject. Don't turn back. If you don't mind, look at a neighbor and tell him or her, I don't know what battle you in, but there's a word from God. Tell him or her, don't turn, finish it. Woo, can somebody shout the subject? Don't what? Don't what? But the battle is hot. My enemies are strong. Don't look like I'm going to win. Don't what? Don't what? Even if it gets worse, give him a praise for the subject. Don't, don't turn back. Oh, I wish y'all get excited about it like I am this morning. Don't turn back. Somebody that already know it's your rhema, you in a battle and God just told you whatever you do, don't turn back. Don't turn back and I'll give you the victory. Don't turn back and I'll work it out. Don't turn back and I'll send you some help. Whoa, is that your word? Is that your word? Be seated, let me teach you. Don't turn back. Whoa! Man, I got an awesome assignment. Because in one sense, I got to deal with, I got to talk to some folk who all your life, when it gets tough, you turn back. You don't just know it to be true, but others know that about you. See, it's bad when you get to talking big, as we used to say. But folks are looking at you like, yeah, she talking that now. But let her start facing some obstacles. Yeah, she excited this morning. Just wait until something or someone opposes her and she's going to turn back. See, it's sad. That's where many of you are quiet because you are known as a quitter. And see, and no use in getting upset when people call you a quitter. The only thing to do is to determine in your mind that it's up to me to change the narrative. Only you can change your story. Well, can I teach it right? Because right now it is what it, what it is. Let's notice something about the children of Ephraim. Let's notice the book of Genesis this morning. Let's notice something about Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Let's notice something about the children of Ephraim that's important. Let's notice something again about the children of Ephraim that is, I should say, extremely important. 
Notice in Genesis 41 and verse number 52. Notice Genesis 41 and verse number 52. This is speaking of Joseph. Notice in Genesis 41, verse 52, and the name of the second, I'm still here in pages turning, shouldn't be, Genesis, first book of the Bible, Genesis 41, 52, you got it? And the name of the second he called Ephraim. Notice why Joseph named his second child Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Do y'all see it? And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And so one translation for the name of Ephraim is fruitful. But another translation has his name not just being fruitful, listen to me, saying, but doubly fruitful. And so when Joseph named his second son, he thought about how God, in the midst of an affliction, was good to him had caused him, listen to me, in a strange land to be fruitful. How many know that God is able to bless us wherever he places us? Oh, I should have got more amen. I said, how many know about the God that you serve that he's able to bless you wherever he puts you? See, God is powerful enough to put us around people who don't like us, yet in the midst of folk who got a problem with us, he's able to bless us, oh come on pastor, without their permission. See, somebody ought to be happy right now, because you in a battle, but if God led you to the battle, One thing we have to know, sister, is that he will see you through the battle. Yes, he will. I'm talking from experience. Because I stand here this morning having been battle tested. I wonder if there anybody else, when you look back at your life, your walk with God, it hadn't always been what the folk call a cakewalk. You've been through some stuff. You've been through some tests. You, But you are battle tested. And can I say to you, it's good to be battle tested. Yes, it will. Because battles are a part of life. Battles are something that everybody is going to experience or go through. But Joseph recognized about his affliction of being in a strange land that it was the most high God who caused him to be fruitful. And many of us, if you remember the story of Joseph, he lands in Egypt. As a slave. 
I'm not going to go through the story. But when it was all said and done, he was second in charge to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh admitted behind closed doors, I'm only above you in name only. Come on. Even Pharaoh recognized, Joseph, I got nothing on you. This is the reason he put everything into Joseph's hand. Because even Pharaoh, I'm already teaching, a sinner recognized that the hand of God was mightily upon Joseph. Can I tell you when God's hand is upon you, that ain't just something saints are going to see. That's something that a sinner can see. That's something that an ungodly person can see. Break it down, pastor. That's something that your supervisor will notice. That God's hand is upon him. I wonder if anybody in your life has recognized about you over the years that folk can say what they want to about her, but God's hand is on her. Come on, I want anybody to say that about your family. Talk about them if you want to. Put them down if you want to. But God's hand is on that family. Yes. That's what folk can say about some of us. Is that they cannot deny that God is with us. And that's a good thing. And so again, he names him Ephraim, being again doubly fruitful. Don't miss it as I go on, because what Joseph recognized about God. Again, was his ability to bless a person, to prosper a person, to cause a person to be successful where he placed them. And see, and see, this often get me with people that they often think that God has to move them to bless them. No, if, if you move, move because he said move. But don't ever move because you think God can't do it right, right here. Am I right about that? Now, now this ain't, again, no knock to nobody from the city. But you often had people thinking, well, if I'm going to be successful, I got to get in the big city. I got to get somewhere where there's a lot of people and, and, and they'll take notice of me. Let me tell you something. If God's hands are upon you, come on, he'll pull a John the Baptist on you. He'll put you in the wilderness and make folk come out of the city to see what's happening in the country. That's what he did for John the Baptist. He didn't have him baptizing at the synagogue. He was in the wilderness. Wearing camel's hair, eating wild locusts. And folk were coming out the city to see what God was doing. See, see that's, how, that's how many of you let the enemy trick you. You don't even need an education. Uh-oh. For God to bless you. Now, if he's ordained for you to get an education, get it. But don't think if you don't have it, he can't bless you. 
I know I'm teaching right this morning. Some of us, don't be ashamed that you ain't educated in the sense of having a whole lot of degrees, but look at what God has did in your life. I know folk God is blessed and don't have a high school diploma, but they have accomplished things. Oh, I'm teaching right. Because there are folk with degrees that don't have jobs. Can I teach it right? There are folk with degrees that the only thing they have to show for the degree is a debt. Now we are not knocking degree. Again, if God tells you to get it, get it. Okay? But don't ever think that something needs to happen in order for God to bless me. No, only thing we need to do is stay in the will of God. I'm teaching right to somebody. Sister, you don't have to get married in order to get a house. Stay in the will of God. And when Boaz does come, get with Boaz and y'all decide whether to sell your house, live in your house, or rent your house. But Boaz is coming and he's going to hook up with Ruth who already got something going on for herself. But the nerve of you to sit back waiting. Come on, I know too many married folk that are broke. I know too many married folk that are depressed. I know too many married folk that are lonely not to preach it right. Be seated. The key is being in the will of God. That's the key. Are you in the will of God? Are you doing what God told you to do? Are you doing it how he told you to do it? If the answer to those questions are yes, you're going to get the victory. Matter of fact, you already have the victory. Am I right? Now, when you go back to verse 70, Psalm 78 and verse 9, this is what makes this so disturbing. Is that when we look at Ephraim and we see that they were armed and carrying bows known for being fruitful. I'm taking my time because I'm going to hit you with one. Yet, according to the text, they did not live up to their name or their potential. Do you see it? They didn't live up to it. They had the capacity. They had the strength. They had the power. They had the knowledge. Not just to go into battle, but they had everything they needed to win the battle. But they did not live up to their name. Nor did they reach their potential. You know, it's sad when you have to come in Sunday in and Sunday out and you have to look at People who claim to love God, but they are not reaching their potential. 
See, some of you are quiet. Well, see, I need to serve notice on you. There are things God wants all of us to get done, to get accomplished in the church and outside of the church. But when you look at a lot of us, not only are we not reaching our potential, living up to our name in the church, neither are we doing it outside of the church. We have a whole lot of excuses as to why we're not living up to our See, a lot of folk will tell you, well, pastor, you don't know what so-and-so them did to me. You don't know, pastor, what all I have been through, the reason why I have not reached my potential. But how many understand, all of us been through something. Come on, you're not the only one that's been through something. When are you going to cut that record off? When are you going to take that off of repeat and recognize that everybody has been through something. Well, drop it on them, Pastor. And everybody is going through something. What we have to do as children of God is learn how to live up to our name and reach our potential despite the battles that we go through. Some of you got to stop starting and not finishing. Because the more you do that, the easier it becomes to quit when things get tough. Now, can I just teach right? Some of you grew up watching parents who was always quitting when it got tough. And sadly, you have taken upon your daddy's traits. Come on. Sadly, it can be said about you, you just like your mama. She talked big. And when things got hot, mama quit every time. Come on. Holy Ghost talking. Now we don't just somebody, we don't just flat out quit. We just start something different. <laughs> you still in school? Oh, oh, I didn't tell you. Oh no. I don't open up a business. When you open up, I thought you was in school to do. Oh no, I said, no, I don't open up a business. Did you get your refund back for all the money you paid, your books and stuff like that? Oh, no, Pastor, but God going to work it out. What? See, y'all laugh, but it ain't. It ain't. You bought all the equipment. You paid all that money for that expensive sewing machine and that press maker. You going to make T-shirts. Do cups and. You got the treadmill. It still works. By now you were supposed to be down 30. 
See, this type of teacher gets you in trouble with folk. Not only are you not down 30, you up to. You gain to. See, see, it, 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 it may be funny to you, but I'm going to tell you something. Most people who are laughing, they're laughing at themselves. See, sometimes it's easier to laugh at yourself than it is to really look at yourself. Just keep acting like it's funny. Keep acting like it doesn't matter. Because it does. Because what we got to do is learn how to get on a godly path and stay there. See, remember when I told you everything ain't about what's happening within church. There's something God told us to do outside of the church. And if God attached himself to it, these things are just as important as what goes on in the church. It's quiet in the house. Notice Romans. Notice Romans. Well, Pastor, that's just how I am. But see, you're supposed to be like me. We are supposed to be new creations. Come on. Old things have what? Passed away. How you used to quit all the time. And didn't like challenges and when things get tough, you get frustrated real easily. See, all that's done past. Behold, all things have become what? See, a lot of times we don't, when we think about that scripture, we, we, we don't really look sometimes at attitude. We have to take on a different attitude, a different way of behaving. Watch this. We have to take on a different way of responding to things. Normally, I would quit if this happened. But I'm not going to respond to it the way I would respond to it without God. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing what he told me to do. Because he's going to give me the strength, the capacity, the power. Watch this, somebody, to get past whatever's trying to stop. How many believe that? How many believe God would give you the power to get past whatever tries to stop you? Listen, not just supernatural power in the sense of calling fire down from heaven. I, I just want to keep this simple. But giving you the strength to walk up the hill. Without getting halfway and saying, I I'm going to turn back today. But tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to do the heal. But see, but, but you started the heal today. And you've been walking three months and ain't made it up at heal. Ooh. Notice Romans 15. Oh, it's quiet now. Oh, it's quiet. No laughing now, is it? No laughing now, is it? 
So you got to take on a different mentality. Got to take on a different mentality. Romans 15. This ain't too tough for y'all, is it? Even if you say, yeah, I'm going to keep going. Romans 15. We got to get this today. We got to get this all in us. Romans 15 and 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have what? Hope. See, the text that I'm dealing with today, listen, I want everybody looking at me. The text I'm dealing with today is for our learning. You see it? It's for our what? Learning. So if it's for my learning, I have to look at it, think about myself, and come away a better person. Look at it, think about yourself, come away a better woman. Come away a better man. Leave from looking at this and be a better leader. Is that right? Is that right? Notice, let's, let's dive into Psalm 78. Let's look at it a little closer. Because we know they turned back, even though they were equipped, according to verse 9. The children of Ephraim being armed, carrying bow, turned back in the day of battle. Let's look at what happened to them. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. But what happened to them? They did not keep the covenant of God. They became covenant breakers. Listen to me. They broke covenant with God. One of the worst things we can do as children of God is to purposefully disconnect from God. They did not keep the covenant of God. They stopped doing the very thing he told them they needed to do. They broke covenant with God. They stopped trusting him. See, this is serious. The reason some of us can't get things done is because we're too up and down when it comes to trusting you know something wrong when you start on a journey where you out of your mouth say, it's going to take God. And you're telling folk that this is a God thing. God going to help me do something, 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 something. And then halfway through, when it gets difficult, you break covenant with God. You become disobedient. It's going to get quieter. 
Then the Bible said that they refused to walk in his law or his words or his commandments. You know what this tells me? That even God can't make us finish. Come on. Pastor, I know God had it for me. Yeah, you're right, sister. He had it for you. But he can't make you go get it. He can't make you possess it. They refuse to walk in his law or his You know, we some of us don't have certain things right now. It has nothing to do with what we make an hour. But our refusal to do things God's way. Because y'all know some of us, when, 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 when we are not seeing what we desire to see, instead of us just continuing to do what God told us to do, how he told us to do it, when he told us to do it, we get to looking at how sinners are doing it. And we go to trying to copy people who we ain't got no business copying. Woo! I, I'm, I'm already teaching so good this morning. See, what God is wanting to birth is some true originals. Yes, he do. I believe we're in a time where God wants to raise up some true originals. That you didn't get that ideal from BET. You didn't get that from Hip Hop Atlanta. God gave you that in a dream. God gave you that in a vision. I know I'm talking right. And you may be the first one. In your family to do what he's put in you to do. Be seated. And like it or not, when you are going to sometime be the first, you are going to be met with challenges that other folk never experienced, teach pastor, because they didn't make it that far. So see, when you're in a battle, you have to be careful who you talk to about your battle because everybody won't understand why you don't need to turn back. Come on, you'll you you get involved with people who try to convince you to turn back. Try to put in you that there's no, no reason to keep believing. There's no reason to keep going. But I want to teach to somebody. I want to help somebody today to understand that when things get challenging, you don't turn back. We got to get this out of us. This quitting. We got to get this out of us. I'm going to keep saying until I get at least 10 amen. We got to get this out of us. We got to get this out. We got to get this out of our DNA. This cannot be a part of who I am. 
Well, we even got to get to the point to where we know that certain things are going to oppose us. How many know what I'm talking about? There are certain paths that God put you on. You should already know, child of God, that there are plenty of people who don't want to see you succeed. And see, not everybody who smiles at you, not everybody who say they're praying for you, are actually praying, listen to me, that you finish. You know, saints sometimes would rather sing songs than live them. I'm going to finish strong. When? When? Y'all know we about the end of month. <laughs> if the Lord should tell you, we about to go into a month. There's some things about to get done. That, that, that's all this message is about. Some stuff about to get done. You gonna have to go home, plug the drill back up, power charge it up, and get the project done that you started and it's still late. You gonna have to restore the car or sell it. Come on, we got to get some stuff done. Now y'all know we big around here about having your board and, and placing yourself on the board, but but my God, he done sent a message this morning to say to his people that I want to help y'all check some stuff off. Come on, single sister. He want to help you get some stuff done. I got to preach to a mama that's it's in you, mama, to bless your children. It's in you to leave them an inheritance. For a good man will leave his children's children an inheritance. That's a good man. We can't leave nothing if we don't learn how to finish. The only thing you're going to leave for is 10 projects that you started. Be seated. An insurance policy you never signed. Jewelry you never paid off. I'm so excited right now. I could just take off running back there and run back up. That's how excited I am. I know God. I know his voice. It's like I be in the middle of preaching. I, mean, I just want to quit. Go on down there and just say, Lord, what you want me to do next? Wait, wait, wait. Because I know I'm about to get some stuff done. I know it. I know some things are about. Yes, yes, God. It's... It is the time. Don't let a demon tell you it is your time. It is your season. What's wrong with a pastor? She just recognized she about to get something done. All right, be seated, be seated, be seated. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Watch this. Psalm 78. The 
They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. This is one thing I truly want to point out. And forgot his works. They forgot his miracles, his doings, his acts. This is not a slip of the memory. This is negligence on their part. And sometimes it's negligence on our part. Listen, not to remember what he has already done. It's difficult to turn back when you recall what he has already done. I know I'm teaching right. Because it served notice on present giants because you know where the past giants are buried that tried to stop you the last time. You know how you leaped over. You know how God helped you to get around. You, I'm going to teach you like the old folks said. You know how he made a way out of. But what made it easy to turn back was dismissing what he had already done. Notice Psalms 107. Hang it here. I'm in the clothes. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. This word helping somebody. Psalm 107. And, 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 and notice verse 22. Y'all got to catch this now. They forgot his words. Right? Now we know about them that they quit. They quit. Now watch this. Watch Psalm 107, 22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. This is what I want you to see. And declare his works with rejoicing. Declare his works with what? Rejoicing. Declare his works with what? Rejoicing. See, to remember or to declare is the antithesis of forgetting. Why is it important that we remember or we declare his works? Because when you declare his works, when you talk about what he has already done, that produces joy. And you can't finish strong without joy. The reason you feel like quitting is because in the midst of doing what you're doing, you have no joy. Come on, Nehemiah 8 and 10. For Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is. Look at somebody and tell them, when your strength, when your joy goes, so goes your strength. Listen, because I'm about to say something powerful but simple. This is the reason demons fight us 
to try to cause us to forget. There's a reason some of you don't talk about things God has already done. Demons don't want you to talk about it. They don't want to hear you bragging on God. Y'all know how I teach it. There are certain testimonies they never get old. Such thing as an old testimony. How? How? It's the wonderful works of God. How can it be old? And I'm telling it. Watch this. And it ain't no lie. It's the truth, y'all. It happened to me. How can that get old? See, see, it's certain stuff done, God done for me and Donna. We tell it to our grandchildren. We make sure that they know. They got to know how we got this house. They got to know how Papa got this car. I got to let them know. Papa, how are you able to do all of this? God. God doing it for Papa. God blessed me with that. God gave me that. See, they got to know how you got it. And when you talk about it, if God did it, you get happy. I said you get happy all over. Been at that company 20 years, but you know God put you there. Listen, if you're taking notes, take a note in my clothes. If we forget his works, we are doomed for depression. And unhappiness. When you forget what God has already done for you, you're doomed for depression and unhappiness. And it's amazing how saints forget what God has done for them, which leads them into depression, but they can remember what he did for other folk. See, I got a problem with that. I got a problem, sister, with you being able to tell sister so-and-so testimony, but you don't tell your own. See, that's giving room for jealousy. That's giving room for envy. Because instead of you always talking about in an unjust way what God did for them, why don't you start recalling what all he's done for you? See, I never allow what God do for others to minimize. I know I'm teaching good. Yeah, I'm teaching way better than some of y'all even letting me know. No matter what God do for you, it can never minimize what he done and what he doing for me. It don't matter. So that means, yeah, you can invite me to your house, woman. I'll come. I'll bring you a gift. But I'm going to tell you right now, it don't matter how big your house is, it ain't going to make me look down on my house. Yeah, I'll come out there and look in the car, but I don't care what new features you got, it ain't going to make me think my car didn't come from God. Well, Pastor, you know my new vehicle... I'm able to get on the passenger side, Pastor, and it drives me to wherever I want to go. Well, praise God, honey, because I don't want one of them ever. <laughs> when it comes to driving, I trust myself. <laughs> I 
Psalm 118. I ain't made it there yet. Psalm 118, we close. Somebody done got this word. Uh, somebody done got this word. Leaders, y'all need to make sure we got plenty of testimony sheets out there. Because somebody done got this. I said, somebody done got this. We're going to hear some testimonies. Some stuff about to get done. Psalm 118, verse 17. This is what's got to be in you, the reason you won't turn back. Because there are times, again, I have established it's going to get challenging. The battle is going to get tough. It's going to get raging. It's going to get hot. But Psalm 118 and 17 said, I shall not die. I shall not die. See, sometimes when you're in a battle, it makes you feel like you just want to die. Pastor, I'm hurting so bad, I just want to die. Pastor, I got such bad news, I just want to give up. But the psalmist said, I shall not die. Which says to me, and I done told y'all this before, I'm going to tell it to you again. You got to know how to talk to your Pastor ain't going to always be around to preach to you. You got to preach to yourself. Even when your spouse don't have a good word. You have to have a word for yourself. The psalmist said, I shall not die. He's talking to himself. Figuratively, death or dying has to do with the end of something. You got to know when God done put you on a path to do something, that even when it looks like it's the end, you have to be able to decree this is not the end. This is not over. It is not said and done with. I shall not die. Remember I talked earlier about somebody almost getting bitter about something that doesn't happen to you. You better tell yourself, I shall not die. Can I preach it right to a sister? Sister, let me tell you why you can't die. You can't die because God won't get man to see you and see you again happier than he's ever saw you. Therefore, you cannot die because God is going to show that man who you are. I shall not die, but live. But live and do what, psalmist? And declare the works. See, when that battle gets challenging and you feel like turning back, don't obey your feelings. Know that you got to live. Know that you got to keep going because See, if I die, there's nothing to tell. If I give up, there's nothing to tell. But I hear God. And there's only seven folk coming to the Bible study. But I hear God saying, you got to keep going. Don't turn back. And now when I pull up, I see saint in the sanctuary. I see you at the youth church. I see the refuge house helping the community. All because when seven folk was at the Bible study, I decided not to turn back.
See, there's some of you sitting in the seats. When I didn't see you, God saw that you are refuge. You can't quit, son. I'm sending so-and-so and she refuge. I'm sending this family. They're refuge. I got a woman that's broken down. She refuge. I got a man that needs to be put back together. He's refuge. What am I saying in that? There are times we turn back because we it's a work of the flesh where we only start thinking about ourselves. But see, there are times you can't turn back because of what it means for others for you to keep going. Hold on. Because the way God has did this thing is that when he blesses me, it never just touches me. No, it don't. If God truly blessed you, that blessing did not just affect you. It helps somebody else. And see, that's when the enemy sometimes wants you to turn back because of who your story is going to help. That's when demons want you to get so bitter that you don't open up your mouth about where you was. The dark place, the dark room, the suicidal thoughts, the hurting and the cutting of yourself. Now, I'm not saying you got to stand one day and tell all that to an entire congregation. But the fact that you didn't turn back and kept going, listen, and you are who you are today. There are going to be people that God going to want you to tell exactly how tough it got. You have to tell them. Well, Pastor, what if they look? It doesn't matter. You have to tell them. That story has to be told. Why? Because you did not turn back. And there are times that people need to see a finished So that they'll know, if I don't turn back, the same way God helped this sister, that's the same way he's going to help me. When them folk didn't call Pastor back about his house, and then later on had the nerve to tell him they didn't call him back because they didn't think he could afford it in the first place, yet God... Gave him a realtor out of state. They got it done. When brother and sister Harden went for their house, folk ended up losing their job because of how they treated them. And now they're in that house. Don't clap because I'm done. Depression is a real thing. Deep depression is a reality for a lot of people. This is where they live. If you could ever get past what they drive, where they live, what they wear, you can have a discernment that with all of that, they are still not happy. 
And you have been there. But you've been delivered. And if we want to end this month. And if the Lord should tarry. If we want to go into next month. Accomplishing things. Getting things done. We're going to make August the month of getting things done. Then we can't turn back. And listen, and I'm done after this. You have to make today the day to where you stop quitting. And just decide, I'm not going to be known for that. Don't turn pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.